You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 146, Foundations and Black Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. We are already almost to the end of February. Yep. And it's, uh, how many days are in February? 28. I don't know if it's leap year. Who knows? I don't either. I guess (laughs) we should look before we want to talk about that. Exactly. Short month. Yeah, we're almost, yeah, next week. Will be the last week of uh, February, we yeah. for sure. So <laughs> exactly. that's a safe bet. So we're we're talking about foundations and toxic mold. Why should people care about their foundations? Well, for numerous reasons. Um, first and foremost, it's a foundation of your home. So if you've got issues with your foundation, that's going to lead to structural concerns. Structural concerns would be you know, cracking and gaps in your foundation. Well, that would lead to moisture intrusion into whether it's crawl space or basement would let water come in. So foundation, obviously, and our listeners should know this is pretty much the most important thing in your home. In my opinion, it's, if you have a bad foundation, good luck fixing and trying to keep up with a a healthy home. It's not much fun. Well, and I guess my, my question is foundations are important, but there are so many different types. I mean, some, there are lots of people, believe it or not, who don't even know what type of foundation their house is on. So should people know that kind of information? They should. It? And, you know, I've had clients that don't. They don't know. Yeah. You know. When I do a consultation, one of the questions in the questionnaire is, what type? And then it's it, uh, another question is, what material is it? And they don't know. And, and that's okay. You know, we all have our expertise. You know, I, I'm... I'm kind of computer illiterate and technologically um, not inclined. So I, I, I understand it, but, but people, our listeners should know, like 
is your foundation a slab on grade? Is it a pier foundation? Is it, you know, a full basement? Um, could be a walkout. Could be a bunch of different things. So can you go over some of the types of foundations and what, like, what is slab can on you tell grade? Me, okay. I, like, you I, tell me I have one. no idea what a slab so, on grade is. So means. slab on grade would be, um, and for the most part, a lot of times, uh, and you're going to see this more in the south where there's uh, the water tables higher and the soils. But it's just more or less, it's just a concrete floor and it has a monolithic footer on the outside of it. And you walk right what in. What is on a monolithic footer? Uh, so that's on the outside edge. So, so a slab on grade typically doesn't have a foundation, like a poured wall foundation. Does that make sense? So it's like a garage floor or let's just say a Walmart. So it's just a concrete floor. Yeah. But on the edges of the, on the, uh, so if you go around the whole perimeter of it, it has what's called a monolithic footer. So the slab goes like this and then right at the edge, it comes down like 12 inches so that. That's kind of what they're calling the foundation, if that makes sense. Oh, so it's on stilts. No, 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 no. This is just dug out like 12 inches right at the edge of the wall. You just dig a little trench there. Oh, so it's got a trench at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a deeper pour of concrete. It's, it's, it's kind of in lieu of a foundation. So when you have a slab on grade foundation, where do you store all your stuff like you do in a crawl space where you can go into it? You don't. So all your... All of your plumbing and all your water lines, uh, especially plumbing, water lines does it, you don't have to, but all your plumbing is in the concrete. It's itself. in the concrete. Yep, and you can put the ductwork in the concrete. Yeah, they come in and, you know, a slab on grade is going to have a bunch of rebar that's tied into it. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll put the flanges for the toilets, the drains for the sinks, everything, because everything that's on that level, like townhouses, the water's got to run downhill, so... So there's nothing, if you cut a hole on a slab on grade, if you cut a hole in the middle of your, let's say the mechanical rooms on the first level, on top of the concrete floor, mm -hmm. you cut a hole, there's just going to be dirt below it. Now there could be a water line or a sewer line, but it's just dirt that's there. There's no sort of foundation. It's The best way to think of it is think of a commercial property. Think of a Walmart or a Home Depot. You just walk in, that's a slab on grade. Okay. That makes sense? And so... It sounds like people would do slab on grade foundations if their soils were an issue, like in the south, south the water yeah. table. But typically, that's probably not the best foundation. I wouldn't say it's the best, um, but a lot of it's just it depends on how you do it. I mean, it, it's you know we've talked about wood foundations. As a matter of fact, that was why I wanted to talk about foundations. Is I was looking at our analytics and our wood foundation podcast has the most listens. So. When we talked about that wood foundation, if you do everything right, then yeah, that's okay. It's just problematic, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's more apt to have defects. But a slab on grade doesn't necessarily mean it's not high quality. But me, myself, like let's just say in the south, if we were to build a home and it was a high water table and we couldn't have a basement, I would probably put piers in the corners. Okay. And so what they do for a pier... And this is what they do for huge sky-rise buildings. They literally drill down. You know, it's all based on what the architects and the engineers come up with. But they literally drill down like 30 feet into the ground. That's, you know, whatever size, whatever diameter is recommended. But for like a house, it'd probably be like a two-foot column, if that makes sense. So they would they would drill this pier clear down. And then you'd run your, your foot or your... your um, it wouldn't be footings, but your monolithic pour would be suspended 
or the weight would be bearing on those piers, if that makes sense. Okay, that, that makes but sense. But you would want, like, a basement, obviously. Yeah. Fill full of water. Yeah. So, so what a crawl space. So, what's the difference? So, what's the difference between a full foundation and a walkout foundation? So, full foundation is as you go. Obviously, when you go down into the basement from the upstairs, the first level, there's no egress as far as a door. So, there's only windows. A walkout basement, you'd walk oh. out the family room, and and then you'd walk right into the yard. So, so, but a walkout basement is a full basement. It can be. Well, it just depends on what type. So it could be a daylight, which means because of the dirt on the hill, Mm -hmm. you step your foundation down. So the full foundation, when you say full foundation, that would mean the entire foundation is concrete. Oh, so there can be no doors is what you're saying. There can be. Oh. Yeah, you could put a door in and a stairwell that goes out. You could put doors in, but a full foundation would just mean... If the the foundation height is eight feet, it's eight feet of concrete. Whereas a daylight foundation, because you're on a hill, you get to a certain point, the foundation steps down, let's just say two feet or four feet, and then what you do is half the foundation's concrete, the other half is just a framed wall, a wood wall. So the ceiling heights are the same, um, but normally a daylight foundation is what we call a walkout basement. So then... There's no such thing as a walkout basement that's a full foundation? Yes, there, but there can be. You would just put a door in there. The reason you would do a full foundation for that, normally you wouldn't put a door in because the grading on the outside wouldn't allow you. You have to put bearing walls in and then you go down a, like a stairwell. Yes. Does that make sense? That does. Okay. Because people are going to get confused. <laughs> Because I lived in a house with a full foundation, and there were stairs that went down into the full basement that had a door and windows and a kitchen down there. Right. It can have all that. Okay. A full foundation just means the foundation is, the whole foundation is concrete or block. That's a full foundation. A daylight means part of the foundation is just wood. So if you bought a home, you really wouldn't know, would you, whether you had it? Of course it. you would. Yeah, you could, see where the, you could see outside where it steps down. So if you're looking at a house and it's on a hill and it's a walkout basement, the full foundation, then it would step down four feet and then come over. Okay. Because okay. the dirt grade comes okay. down. Okay, so the whole it. thing is, if it doesn't seem like the foundation is eight feet all the way around. Mm-hmm. Of concrete. Of concrete. Or brick, then it's not a full foundation. Exactly. That helped explain it. Okay, <laughs> see, this is where we get confused. So people are like, but I have a walkout basement, and right. it's a full basement. Right. Doesn't mean it's a full foundation. Yeah, it would be a daylight. Um, if, if the foundation steps down and half of it's wood, yeah, and you just do that for cost. Okay. It's still bearing point, but you don't, you're not covering up that, that wood that you're framing. It, it's not covered up with dirt. That's the whole key. And I'm assuming from a preventative standpoint for mold, it is better to have a full foundation with concrete than it is to have a daylight basement with some wood in there. Because wood... Uh, I mean, if, 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 if the grading's not done right on the outside, absolutely. And I've seen it a lot. I mean, some people, because you know, I used to be a general contractor building homes. They, they don't care. They want... A walkout basement. They want a door to go out. Well, you have to have the right elevations and the you know topography of the land. If there's not a hill or anything, you can't really do a walkout basement per se. If okay. it's all flat, yeah, 
that door, when you walk out of the basement, you're going to come outside of that the basement. And there's going to be retaining walls there, and you're going to have to go up steps to get to the yard. Correct, correct. And yeah, that's not... You can do it. It's not ideal. Just because it's a daylight and it steps down, that doesn't... It, there's no... Your grading's all running away from the house. If it's done right at daylight, it doesn't matter. Okay, so it's... so. What I hear you saying is that it's important to know the type of foundation that you yeah. have because it also helps you figure out what are the other things like maybe grading and drainage right. that might be affecting right. the right. We, quality. We, I know we talked about this before. Remember we were watching a home improvement show and they wanted to put, uh, and it was like kind of a half wall. They wanted to put that the stairwell in there and they were having issues of drainage because the, yep. the water just sits there. So for our listeners... Don't don't be so hell bent on I don't care we want to walk out no matter what what the contractor tells us because you're going to have to do a walk out where I just told you has the retaining walls you're going to have to put a drain at the bottom of that it's going to have to be hooked attached to a sump and then you walk up those stairs just to get to the yard level yeah that that's not ideal at all okay. and can it be done of course it can but when I was a contractor I would try to explain you know, to our clients, like this isn't, and I wasn't even a mold specialist back then, just as from a contractor's point of view, I'm like, you're going to have moisture intrusion into that basement that comes right down that stairwell, especially if it's not covered. So, so it's very important to make sure, you know, you understand why you do and don't do certain things with the home because on the mold side of it, it's going to cause air quality issues. So I would say then definitely if somebody knows they have a slab on grade foundation, then they know they don't have a basement because there's no basement, nope. there's a concrete floor. There's nothing below. If somebody has a crawl space, which there's a little room below it to go into that crawl space, they also know they don't have a, a full foundation because it's a crawl space. Right. Right. Yep. And, and a, you know, typically a crawl space. So, you know, when I was doing inspections, um, I dreaded crawl spaces and that's because a lot of them were underneath like mobile homes. And so that's literally like army crawl, crawl space. Nowadays, you know, most crawl spaces, like even modulars, they're set on a, on a permanent foundation. So you have a four foot foundation. So typically your crawl space, you have four feet down there where it's, you don't have to army crawl around. down. You can bend over and walk. And just because you have a crawl space though, a lot of people just think, well, it doesn't matter if there's water down in the crawl space. That's we, that's not the living area. That's not true, and you know that. You've seen enough of that on mold mm-hmm. mitigation uh, uh, estimates. So, but yeah, you're right. A crawl space wouldn't be a full foundation. It's just it's literally a half foundation, four feet typically. So, if you're unclear about foundations, just know if you've got a slab on grade, you don't have a basement. Nope. If you have a crawl space, you don't have a yep. basement. If you have a basement, it's not a crawl space or a slab on grade, no, right? It's exactly. either a full foundation or a daylight. Yep. Okay. Yep. This helps all of us non-handy people <laughs> do <laughs> elimination. And all of them, and our, my point is, is all of them can be problematic. Okay. All of them can be perfectly fine as long as you have built it right the contractors built it right the grading's done right the drainage is done right none of them are there you know when we talked about wood foundations i said to our listeners i personally am not a fan of them if they're done right yes that you they're not going to cause problems but they're just very problematic in my opinion beyond that none of the foundations whether it's a slab on grade full basement walkout it does. It's not going to determine, 
you know, whether there's going to be a mold issue or not. Does that make sense? That, that does make sense. So how is it that a foundation could contribute to a mold problem? So let's just, just give me one foundation type and I'll tell you what, what could, it could cause. Daylight basement. So in a daylight basement, let's just say you do a step down from a full eight foot wall, mm -hmm. steps down to a four foot wall. So four feet of that's the top half is wood. If you have flat grading right there and it goes right to the top of the foundation, so the concrete foundation, mm -hmm. water can come right into that basement because if the water runs towards the home. So what that would do, so the water hits, hits the concrete foundation, there's going to be a gap and it's going to find its way in, whether there's a gap or anything, and it'll make its way into the, which would be a basement. People would call that a basement it would make its way into the living area, the water would, which would obviously cause mold. Okay, what Makes about slab-on grade? So slab-on grade would be similar. Um, the grading on the outside, and as you notice, I keep talking about grading because mm -hmm. that is so important. The grading is, it, it's let's just say it's barely sloping away from the house. But in the wintertime, all the snow piles up in one corner. When it starts to melt, it can come into the living area. Oh, okay. Okay. That, okay. That makes sense. So then if a moisture intrusion event of any sort can impact a foundation and cause mold problems, what type of foundation would you recommend people go with then? If all of them could lead, could have issues. Well, all of them can. Okay. Um, but you know, any type of, even if it's cinder block, um, any type of non-cellulose material. So the only thing that would be would obviously be a wood foundation. Our listeners already know, if they listen to that Don't episode, how I feel about those. Um, but ideally, the, the best foundation you could really have is like what you see in Hawaii or, or you know, down in the Keys. House that are, or houses, and, you know, it could be Louisiana anywhere, they're built on stilts, is what most people look at them as. And they're literally a pier foundation. So you see those where they just park their cars underneath it, and then they go up the stairs to get to the living area. Those are built that way. Why is way. the best? Why is that the best? Because it, it, you literally would have to have, um, the, the water levels would have to rise like eight to 10 feet to even get up to the living area. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. Because water, Cause the water just goes right underneath it. Okay. That makes sense. That's why beach houses, that's why they're built that they're way. They're built that way. Huh. But then hurricanes come in and just pick them right up. That's true. I mean, <laughs> once again, you, you have pros and cons to all that, but a pure foundation, and they have codes. Um, and once again, it, it's terrible to see like what happens with hurricanes, but I believe we're starting to see less and less damage because the newer homes have codes that won't allow for that to happen. Okay, that, that, that the way they're the way they're attached to everything. So that makes sense. Now I remember we looked at an older home that was for sale a few years back, and it had a was it rock or brick foundation? Do well, that was that? a rock foundation rock, and plaster. Okay, yep. rock and plaster. So or concrete. So why did they do that back then? And is that a better foundation than what we? Oh do no, no, day? no! That okay. that's what they did. That's what they did. You know, what once they started getting to. A point where, um, the, the you know, the, the, we started seeing more basements. Um, that's what they used, or even crawl spaces. And so that long ago, you know, they would just gather rocks, and then they would put those rocks, and they would use that as the wall, and then they would put, 
concrete or plaster or whatever in between it. Um, way back, they used mud. I mean, okay. like literally mud, and they put clays or whatever in it, and then they would pack that in there. So no, I would not recommend that. I, I my my top recommendation would be poured concrete. If you want the rock look on it, just put a veneer on it, which is just it's it's like half the rock that they put on the outside of it. Okay, it's not structural bearing, if that makes sense. So, and this is where it comes back to your book, Toxic Mold in Old Homes, because I on the East Coast, obviously, the East Coast is much older in our country mm-hmm. than let's say Wyoming because exactly. people were in the colonies before they came out here. Yeah. They, we had all the Indians here, so they weren't, they weren't <laughs> concerned about building big old exactly. fancy homes. Like, like, so the reason I asked you that question, man, you wrote about this in toxic mold and old homes is lots of people on the East coast live in very old homes built 1818, 1833. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could just say, okay, I'm going to choose a home that has, you know, slab on grade. They're they're buying a very, very old home that was built according to that time. And you can't necessarily change a foundation unless you want to remove the whole house. Well you can. It's it's a difficult process. Okay. Um anything's always possible just as the price tag associated <laughs> with it. But um they can. They what they do is is they can they'll go in and they'll do it in sections. They'll literally go in, say there's a full basement below this they would go in on the inside, they would frame a wall up that's a temporary wall that is bearing, mm-hmm. then they could take the foundation out, replace it, then once all that's cured, they could remove that bearing wall and then let the house sit back down on the foundation. You're literally barely lifting the house up, you know, a half half an inch to an inch. So you can do that. You can you can. That fix. sounds like lots of money. It is. Okay. It's a lot of money. So what you yeah. say to, to normal everyday folk who, <laughs> who buy a house that was built in 1820, who are listening to this episode going, are we screwed because we have an 1820 foundation? What, what do you say to well, those they probably are. They would probably already know if they're living in one, the, the chronic issues they have. You know, maybe they have a basement that they've never really finished because they can't because every spring there's water down there. Um so, you know, if they're used to it and they know about it, as long as they're, you know, not letting cellulose materials get affected down there, which could lead to mold, for now, there's not much they can do. Just make sure you don't have cellulose materials, carpet, sheetrock, anything like that, your desks or anything in harm's way if there's a basement. Okay. Make sure, though, that like the outside, the grading is, is key. Make sure everything slopes away from the house. Okay. So I'm going to throw a wrench into it because on the East Coast, lots of basements are unfinished. Okay. And lots of basements are where people put their washer and dryer. Okay. And so if you have the humidity of like a dryer in an 1818... Well, the dryer should be vented to the exterior okay. of the home. Okay. If it's not, that's the first thing they need to do. Okay. If it's humid down there, they need to put a dehumidifier down there. Okay. They need to figure out what's elevating the humidity. And they should have a humidity gauge down there, even humidity, though nobody yep. really yep. lives exactly. down there. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And if they're washer and dryer down there, I would recommend having it on something that's non-porous, non-cellulose, so it's raised off the ground. So have it on a rack that's yeah, non-porous. On a, okay. I mean, they make... I wouldn't use what they have, but like our washer and dryer, they make stands for those. Okay. But I would obviously... I would build my own, just set it on blocks or something that's non-porous. And yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of ways around it. And for me, it sounds simple because I deal with this all the time. Exactly. So yeah, but for the for, for the layperson who's in a really old home, who's yeah. going, I guess I'm screwed yeah. with this it, foundation. It's thing. always musty down there. Yeah. We'll figure out why: lack yeah. of ventilation, humidity, 
your dryer's not vented properly. There might be a minor water leak. There, you know, and honestly, that's that's why consultations are so effective for for my clients. Absolutely. You know, and a VPA. I mean, the virtual property assessment. Yep. yep. And you do offer those to clients, uh, you know. Across the world. Across the world. And as long so, as you have an internet connection. Exactly. And you can do a Zoom call. Yep. So really, cncontractorservices.com for the virtual property assessment. Now, what is your call to action for people now that we've scared them into thinking <laughs> about their foundations? So it's it's very easy. Just go outside right now after we're done with this podcast. Walk around the exterior of your home, the entire exterior, and just make sure everything slopes away from the home as far as dirt. Okay. If it doesn't, fix it. And then also look at the foundation and see if there's any cracks or big gaps in it. Pretty simple. So do a visual inspection. It never hurts to take your iPhone or your, your whatever, Android, Samsung, and take pictures. Yep. And document. Exactly. And if you want to learn more about this stuff... Steve's got courses on Udemy, so go to udemy.com and look them up. Exactly. There you go. We'll catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.